I'm a girl who dances around in her closet, in her underwear, to great music. And if I'm even getting ready for a date, I'm pretty sure that getting ready might be the best part of the date. I mean, I think just growing up, you see every pitfall. Like, Hollywood's hottest bodies. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be part of that group. By the way, my friends are so honest with me, it hurts a lot. Really? Yeah, I get what's, a lot of... What's the worst thing anyone's ever said to you? Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Brigger, and I'm the editor of Marie Claire, and welcome to the launch edition of our Finding Fearless podcast. In this new series, I'll be talking with inspiring women who've faced hardship and overcome the odds to find their purpose. We thought we'd kickstart this series with a very special guest, the one and only Drew Barrymore. Drew was recently in town for the Australian launch of her beauty brand, Flower Beauty, and we had the chance to host a very special live event. The night was so awesome, we really wanted to share it with all of you. Drew is the epitome of fearless, and our night with Drew made complete fangirls out of all of us. So be prepared to fall in love with Drew Barrymore too. Here we go. We're going to talk about Flower Beauty first of all, which is very exciting. So it's launching in Australia now, but you did launch it six years ago, correct? So what has taken you so long? Because we've clearly all been waiting. Well, I would would have loved to have (laughs) brought it here right when we launched. Um, We started making it eight years ago, uh, creating the line. We came out with 200 products. You know, you build it slow and steady wins the race. But the one thing we kept seeing on social media consistently was, are you coming to Australia? Are you going to be in Australia? We'd love to have you in Australia. And I kept sort of like saying, like, do you see this? This is this very consistent through line that we keep getting on our feed. When can we go there? So... If it takes seven years, um, it probably feels like the blink of an eye, but slow and steady wins the race, and we're here. And I think a part of uh, the fact that we're still in existence at Flower Beauty and actually growing is because we have been extremely thoughtful and ungreedy and not trying to throw everything at the wall and see where it sticks and spread our, you know, seeds too thin and wide, if you will. This all sounds all of a sudden extremely sexual. <laughs> um, so, so did you have a, like, a considered philosophy when you started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had come from being co-creative director at CoverGirl for seven years, and uh, I was heavily involved in the advertising side of it because... That's what spoke to me. I love advertising. I am a repressed ad man. So I love makeup and beauty. I grew up in a makeup chair. Um, I would see these women come in like at 4 a.m. like trolls, like tromping, like like hair and makeup done. And they would leave that trailer. They were like erect, confident. (laughs) And... I, it left such a lasting impression on me as a little girl. I was like, it's like being at the backstage of a ballet and watching the magic unfold and to see women go from gargoyles to superheroes <laughs> all in the matter of an hour or two. And so I think that was where I found like the power of beauty. I got this opportunity to start Flower Beauty and the stars aligned. It was uh, a moment I was... Uh, getting married. I was having kids. I wanted to stay at home. I didn't want to be like, hey, nanny, I'm in my trailer. Hope you got the footage of my kid walking for the first time. Love to see it when I get home later. Okay, bye. I like didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to be a mom who was there with her kids every second. It's the thing that 
keeps me up at night. It's the notes I take mm. all day long. It's the phone calls and obsessive texts I do. I'm combing labs all the time. You know, I'm a total psycho about it. You have to be if you want something to um, continue, mm. even though it's fun to try other things, and you should. Because again, when something doesn't work, you're going to learn something from it. So there really is no loss. Um, and then you can apply that back into the thing that really is your home and your and your office and your friends and the team you work with because you don't do shit alone. I'm sorry, you cannot accomplish anything by yourself. You're just a weirdo with your dreams in your living room, <laughs> sitting around going like, God, it would be so great if... It's, it just takes this village. It takes one partner. It takes a group of people, common <laughs> ideas. So find your tribe. Even though, obviously, you know, you're obsessed with beauty, fashion, etc. but your Instagram is our favourite. It's so insanely real. Oh, thank you. We love that about you. But is that is that part of your mission, to really show the real? You know, I just hear a lot of people talk about how... Instagram can make them feel like that FOMO or that like I'm, you know, everybody's lives are better. This try to keep up with the image. And uh, I just think that <laughs> that's bullshit. And it just... You just burped on cue. I'm so respectful. I think right it was now. the hash browns. <laughs> um, but I just am like, yeah, if you go to Portofino... In Italy, do it for the gram, you know, go there and Instagram. But what is really going on in that person's life? Did Correct. their kids cry on the entire flight there or they're jet lagged out of their mind? Like what's really going on behind this moment? Um, right. So I kind of just over the years have wanted to dispel like, yeah, taking a trip is amazing, but that's not everyday life or having, you know, a, a getting to go to an event, takes hair and makeup, and yeah, it looks great for that moment, but it took a village to get there, and, you know, you're probably going to look, you know, like pig pen for the next five days. <laughs> so I just wanted to sort of pull the curtain back. I think it would be nice if we just had a sense of humor about it and, and supported mm. each other and mm. kept it real because... Uh, aspiration is a beautiful thing, but feeling like you're not measuring up or other people's lives are better or you're not fabulous enough. So I think it's like taking the control back. Yeah, you know, thanks. we're all human and human is the most beautiful, messy thing on the planet. As much as my life has been an open book since, you know, the day I was born and I did come out of the womb with a martini and a cigarette, I was like, <laughs> toots. <laughs> I love how flawed... Um, I am and, and that I've never had to pretend to be perfect. I've only been very honest about the fact that I'm anything but. So that's all well and good. But I think in this new era, we're all kind of in new okay. grounds. Mm. You've got two young girls. I just you know, hope seven and five. by the time they're, you know, 13, 14, 15, appropriate phone age, um, that like all of a sudden like this has gone full circle and become passe. I'm just like hoping like that's my stupid wish. Going back to vinyl. Um, yeah, exactly. Vinyl sales are up because <laughs> millennials think it's neat. I would love if by the time my kids are of that age, but I, I keep them off of there. Um, I feel really protective about them and 
I don't judge anyone who puts their kids on there. I just happen to have had personal experiences of being unprotected and put out there. And so I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like a lion. I'm like, I don't want my children to be out there. We have to protect kids. I think that's really important. Um, I wasn't protected, but I had a really good time. And I wouldn't change it for the world. I went to Studio 54, okay? How old I party you with Barishnikov and Joan Rivers and yeah. Grace Jones, and it was good times. I don't feel bad about it at all. In fact, I'd be pissed if anyone took that away from me. He as a mother, I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, dinner and bath by five. <laughs> Books and cartoons by seven. And also, you know, you've grown up in Hollywood, you know, since you were born, as you said. But how do you keep the bullshit meter in check? Because that would be tough. I mean, I think just growing up, you see every pitfall. Like, Hollywood's hottest bodies. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be part of that group. Because <laughs> I want to eat fries. And I wasn't genetically predisposed to this club. So, fuck it. I'm going to enjoy my life. And... Um, when I feel that sense of, like, I've gone too far, it's like, rein it back in. Mm. You know, exercise, eat right. I think there's this amazing word out there in the English language. <laughs> it's called balance. <laughs> oh, that elusive bitch. I think whoever is in charge in this universe, religiously, spiritually, gave me great taste in people. Mm. And... They gave me a wacky set of parents, but gave me a great taste in in the people I follow. They're emotionally balanced. They're uh, respectable. They behave in a way that I admire. They don't overreact. They handle things well. They're fun-loving. They know how to have a good time, but they don't overdo it. Um, I think they have that thing called balance. And, and it helps that you've got an amazing girl squad. I have a long, long standing history with my girlfriends and we are they are my original family they are my everything I've worked with them I've played with them I've traveled with them I've fallen I've gotten back up uh, by the way my friends are so honest with me it hurts a lot really yeah I get what's, a lot of what's the worst thing anyone's ever said to you oh where do I begin <laughs> I mean, literally, I have friends who are like, you're late. I'm so fucking sick of it. You are selfish. Every time you come in, it's like drama, drama, drama. I couldn't make it with that. If I have to hear one more of your fucking stories, I'm not coming to the next meeting. You're causing attention and drawing it away from the point of why we're all sitting down here. So be on time or I'm out. And you're like, so you're saying I'm late. Did it work, though? Um, yes, I, I got a lot better. Um, I really did. Yeah. I, I improved uh, <laughs> immensely. I, I I did just do a film that is the hardest film I've ever done in my life. I wonder if it'll, like, you know, turn into anything. But uh, I played two characters. I played two different women. Um, not twins. Two distinctly different women. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And much like Grey Gardens, I didn't think I could do it. Uh, I was convinced that I was going to not just fail, but fail so big and so hard. And how dare I take on this challenge? And um, challenges are never convenient. They never come at a... Con it's like, oh, I'm pregnant. When is that like, oh, my God, this was exactly when I wanted it to be. And my life is so set up perfect for this. Brilliant. 
everything in life is like, you know, inconvenient timing. Someone just died. You want to break up with someone, but it's Christmas. So you feel bad. Like, that's the comedy of life, you know? That's the folly of life. But in those moments where you really want to do your best and you want to do something special, it's going to take more than you ever think you had. And that is the truth. Everest is only gotten to by clawing your way through the impossible. And again, not everything has to be this dramatic or difficult, but I swear to you girls, I'm like reminded not only all over again, but for the first time in a new way, you know, you don't think you're going to figure out parenthood. You don't think you're going to figure out a new job, a new location to live in. There's all these scary things we put in front of ourselves and yet we make it. Um, But there are some things we put and we just think, I'm so scared. I'm so fraught with fear um, and those are good things to do to ourselves every once in a while. Mm, absolutely. I've read your book, and you seem fearless. Is that correct, or is, that, is it the polar opposite? Is that actually the thing that drives you? I think I'm fearless. Thank you for reading my book, by the way. <laughs> I clickety-clacked. Another thing, a bucket list. I always wanted to write a book, and I had like a one and a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I was like... <laughs> This is the moment I'm going to try to do this? Okay. But because I stayed home and gave up other jobs, I made room for myself for that. Like, not everything can be on the table at the same time. And it's not the, God forbid, women, don't get mad if I'm, like, I'm not suggesting you can't have it all. It's you can't do everything at the same time. It's, like, not physically possible. So if you can take the risk of sidestepping some things... Um, you might make room for something else that you've always wanted to do, like write a book. I'm, I don't know if I'm fearless or not. Uh, I, I, I do know that I'm extremely hard on myself, and I have an insane work ethic. And I was so drawn to girls um, growing up, like Pippi Longstocking and like yeah. all these characters that like... Who just- are fearless? Who, who just, they were like can-do girls. I love these girls that just seem so capable and they're not man-hating and they're all for sisterhood but without alienating the other gender. That always was very important to me. That tone of girl power is not about hating men. It's like about believing in yourself and surrounding yourself in people that don't eat away at that, mm-hmm. boys and girls alike. Flower Films, 25 years. That's incredible. So what inspired you to start Flower Films? I loved uh, the idea of art and business. I think probably having to parent myself and grow up, I realized that rules were actually valuable. And as much as I loved being a rebel and a rule breaker, that rules were actually kind of cool and helped you have boundaries and helped kind of guide you and allowed you to accomplish a lot of things. So I just like telling stories. I like happy stories. I don't want to make dark, depressing shit. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to make it. My agents will call me and be like, it's this really amazing, serious movie. I'm like, goodbye. Why would I want to do an amazing, serious, dark, important piece that I will never watch? I am in the joy business. I want to make movies that actually make people happy and take them out of the shit that's happening in their lives. 
but I want to make it relatable and, you know, humanity, family, love, relationships, friendships, like that's what we're all, you know, parenthood, that's what we're all dealing with. Mm. And I think that film, that wonderful film, E.T., taught me such a important grounding lesson in filmmaking, which is you can have aliens come and hang out, and it's cool if it's in suburbia. <laughs> because if that was out in space, I'd be like, where am I? I don't know how to act this shit. I've never been in space. But like a dysfunctional family, like coping with an alien coming to the house, I'm like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> that yeah, that's or, Real estate agent mum turned zombie. Santa Clarita's diet. Again, it's in suburbia. It was great to make a show about a couple that was an awesome team where the man valued the woman as an equal partner and empowered her and supported her while trying to navigate this new normal for himself and that she was considerate of him and his feelings while she's discovering her id and all of a sudden living her Oprah best life. And you had already taken a few years off to look after your kids. So yeah. what drew you back? Divorce. <laughs> I had to go back to work. It'll do it every time. So I was like, well, okay, that didn't work. <sighs> Let me collect myself for the next four years and... Uh, pick myself back up together piece by piece. And I was, you know, I was really broken. I, I really, uh, divorce is the death of a dream. It's your worst nightmare come true. And I, I was in a place in my life where I was very hopeless, lost and like 40 pounds overweight. This project came along and, and sometimes what you think is the worst timing ever might turn out to be the best blessing that you've had in a long time. Mm, true. So be open. Do they think mom's pretty cool? I wouldn't dare to know or say, but whenever I say to, like, my kids are always like, Mom, you're weird. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. They're like, it's cool. We like it. Um, I, uh, I'm definitely super goofy and overly affectionate. Olive's, like, intense and, like, has literally the best sense of humor of anyone I've ever known. Frankie is a little dandelion. <laughs> And she dances like Jagger, and I've called her Jagger since she was like a year really? and a half. It turns out she has the same birthday as Mick Jagger. <laughs> so it's fun to have the yin and yang of those two. Do you care if they follow in your footsteps? Absolutely not. I think the, the thing that hits people on a gut level is like kids are supposed to be kids. So if this was their choice when they're like 16 and want to do theater in school and be 18 and have it be their own like conscious passionate choice then of course I would support it mm. it's just you know I'm not going to be like guess what Olive <laughs> you have a 10 a 2 a 7 and a 11 too like, that just is like I want them to have you know a choice a just a, a normal childhood what are you loving about your 40s let me tell you about my 40s <laughs> I um, I don't know about me or you. I think it just takes age to get better, mm. to get calmer, to get wiser, to get less reactive. 40s, um, for me, is definitely my best decade so far. Mm. And my 20s? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they were fun, though. What an idiot I was. <laughs> but again, so much fun. <laughs> And I think that, you know, if your nipples are touching the floor and you're in <laughs> diapers, 
and you've gone full <laughs> circle, you are so lucky, you know, aging gracefully or anti-aging, that whole messaging, like just <laughs> like age is inevitable. Death is inevitable. The most longest, most humorous and kind and courageous life we can possibly live while we're here is all I'm after. Mm. You have a huge passion for life and optimism, incredible optimism. So what's next for Drew? Because we want you for president. That used to be a compliment. (laughs) I would really like to be, you know, I'd like to continue Flower Beauty. I would like to um, continue my love of design. I think design is a huge driver for me. Uh, I'm also driven a lot by travel. um, And I think that informs my design. I have this need. And if I don't feed it, it's like a scary monster. That's obviously why the readers resonate with you on the cover. And you've sold us a lot of magazines. I'm so, so we're very glad grateful. at the end of the day, guess what? I'm not going to be on the cover again if I don't. <laughs> so let's just face That's that true. fact. I don't make the money. I ain't on the cover, honey. <laughs> it's true. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Drew Barrymore. And just so you know, she came on stage with a packet of hot chips and a glass of white wine and consumed all of it in about five minutes. So that's our kind of girl. So anyway, rate, review and subscribe because we'd love to get your feedback. And we'll be back very soon with another Fearless Female. Bye. Bye.